Good morning, Redemption Church. Thanks for joining us for this video and for being part of our scattered gathering this Sunday. Today we're going to be looking at Matthew 4, verses 1 through 11. So if you want to grab your device or grab a Bible and turn there now. We're going to kind of do an introduction to this passage today. And then the next two Sundays, Scott and I are going to preach more on this passage and dig into it a little deeper over these next couple of weeks. And the goal for this scattered gathering is that you would ideally be watching this sermon with your MC or with your family, uh, because then we're going to have some, con- uh, some concluding discussion questions for you at the end of the sermon. So just to do a quick recap of where we are in our series on Matthew, last week, Pastor Scott taught us about the baptism of Jesus, how Jesus approaches John the Baptist, asking John to baptize him. And Scott talked about Jesus had to go through baptism as preparation for what we're going to see now of Jesus going into the wilderness. And this is because the baptism of Jesus represents Jesus being filled with the Spirit, Jesus being refreshed, Jesus being affirmed as God's Son, and his identity being set in place as he is then sent out to do the work in the wilderness. Scott talked about how Jesus is reminded of who he is, and then he is sent to do spiritual battle with Satan in the wilderness. So today, we're going to begin looking at Jesus going from this place of joy and delight, knowing who he is, to a season of being tested, a season of doubt, a season of deprivation, a season of lack. We're going to see Jesus in a very weak state, being personally assaulted by Satan. And so as we go to even now read this passage, I want you to ask yourself, where am I at this morning? Am I in a season of joy and delight, knowing that the Father loves and approves of me and has given me a new identity? Or do you feel that you are in the wilderness this morning? Are you feeling longing? Are you feeling lack this morning? So let's consider those things as we go now to read this passage. Again, this is Matthew 4, verses 1 through 11. It says, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again, it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their glory. And he said to him, All these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. Let's pray. Jesus, as we look at this passage this morning, as your family scattered across Hampton Roads, we do ask, Jesus, that we would see you as the one acting in the wilderness on our behalf, that we would see you doing battle with our true enemy, Satan, and how you, through your suffering and our obedience, have put him down so that now we have confidence and rest in you. So we ask for your help now 
as we look at this passage. Amen. All right, so as I already mentioned, um, this morning is just going to be an introduction because we're going to be looking at this passage more over the next couple of weeks. So this morning, I want us to just consider two specific angles on this passage. I want us to look at Jesus acting on behalf of Israel and Jesus acting on behalf of you. So Jesus acting on behalf of Israel, Jesus acting on behalf of you. But let's, let's talk about like what do we see in this passage? What's going on? So we see in verse 1, Jesus is very specifically led by the Spirit into the world. This is no accident that Jesus is now being tempted. He is led by the Spirit into this place. Notice there's three temptations in three different locations. That's going to be really significant as we look at that. How long is Jesus there? He's there for 40 days and 40 nights. A lot of commentators talk about what does this 40 days signify. 40 is a very uh, specific number, tons of Old Testament references. A lot of people think this is referring to Israel being in the wilderness for 40 years, wandering in the wilderness, wandering in temptation. But some commentators think that the 40 days, 40 nights, is actually referring to Moses being on Mount Sinai when he was fasting before God, about to receive the law from God. And then notice one other thing. What does Satan say to Jesus? He says, if you are the son of God. This is a question of identity. He's asking him to question his identity and if he really is approved and loved by God. So those are just some big picture categories I want us to you to have as we begin thinking through this passage. So let's look at point number one. What does it mean that Jesus is in the wilderness on behalf of Israel? Have you ever had someone act on your behalf, do something on your behalf, maybe in like a business or a legal transaction? You have somebody do something on your behalf, something that you couldn't complete on your own. And Matthew is showing us so far in tons of different ways in his account of Jesus that Jesus is actually doing and being what Israel was supposed to be and do in the world. Jesus is actually becoming the true Israel. He is being Israel on their behalf. Because remember, Israel in the Old Testament was often in seasons of wilderness wandering, seasons of temptation, and Jesus is here led into the wilderness to obey where Israel had failed. The Israelites, remember, were supposed to be God's people. They were supposed to be a kingdom of priests. They were supposed to be the people that the nations would look at and say, whoa, the God of Israel is real. But again, Israel failed time after time. So Jesus is coming and representing Israel as a whole. Corporate Israel is what he is representing. And if you remember, Israel was led out of slavery. And where did they go? They passed through the Red Sea and came up out of it, and then went into the wilderness. Jesus has passed through the waters of baptism and has now come out onto the other side and is going into the wilderness to be tested, into that season of temptation. So Jesus is going into the wilderness in Matthew 4 to show that he is the true Israel. He is reenacting Israel's story, which is really powerful for us to grab hold of. He's retelling the story, but he's overcoming where Israel had failed. And so next week, we're going to look specifically at these temptations and see what is actually happening in each of these. But for this morning, I want you to ask, okay, well, 
made I see that, okay, he's doing it on behalf of Israel, but how does this relate to us? Well, that's point number two, Jesus in the wilderness on behalf of you. Jesus in the wilderness on behalf of you. If you remember last week, Scott asked us a great question. He said, is Jesus your example or is Jesus your substitute? Is Jesus your example or is he your substitute? You see, because we could read this passage in a couple different ways. We could examine these temptations and say, oh, well, Jesus is my example. See how he resists the devil? That's how I need to resist the devil. See how he was faithful? That's how I'm supposed to be faithful. He's my example for how I resist temptation. So that would be one potential way to read this. Because we do need examples. We do need someone to show us how to do something when we don't know how to do it. If you ever have something in life where, I don't know how to do this, I need someone to take me by the hand and show me what to do. Um, I have an example of this. Uh, Very recently, me and Jana were home for a couple nights in a row, and she asked if we could do a puzzle, which uh, I'll just say is a labor of love for me because I do not enjoy puzzles, primarily because I just stink at them. And Jana is really, really good at puzzles. So when we do a puzzle, which I think this is now the second time this has happened in our marriage, we'll sit there, do the puzzle, get all the pieces out, and I'm like slowly like taking a piece, looking at it, where could this go? And Jana's like, she's just got it down. So when we do a puzzle, I watch what she does. I take my cues from her. She's the example of what to do. She's amazing at how she sees the big picture of what's happening with the puzzle. So then she takes a piece, and she has the big picture in mind, and she can just put it down exactly where it goes. And complete side note, that's kind of how she views all of life. That's how she views our marriage. That's why she's such a good helper, because she can always keep the big picture in mind, whereas me, I'm always getting lost in the details. So Jana is my example when we go to do a puzzle. So is that how we're supposed to look at Jesus in this passage? Like, oh, Jesus is my example. See, he, he uses God's word to resist the devil, so I should use God's word to resist the devil. That is one application, but I don't think that's Matthew's biggest concern in this passage. We have to realize that Jesus has to first be our substitute, so then he can be our example. Jesus has to first be our substitute, doing it in our place, And only then can he be our example. Let's go back to the puzzle illustration that I gave. Very often, as we're doing a puzzle, like an idiot, I'm holding a piece, like, just looking, have no idea where it goes. I'm pretty sure, oh, I'm going to find this soon. And Jana will be sitting there watching me. And after a while, she'll go, here, dear, let me show you where this goes. And she puts it exactly where it goes. And I was looking in the exact opposite place. She takes it out of my hand, and she does the work for me. At that point, she's not my example anymore. She's doing the work on my behalf, the work that I am incapable of doing. She does it for me. Friends, that's what is happening here in Matthew 4. Jesus is not acting as a good example for us to follow. He is doing the work that Israel and we could not do of resisting the evil one on our own. 
And so, before we look at how then do we actually learn to resist temptation, we have to realize, I need a substitute. I need someone to do this in my place before I need someone to show me how to actually then resist temptation on my own. And friends, this is where right now we land at the very center of the gospel. The good news kingdom is not come say a prayer, come clean up your life, come pursue being a moral person and follow Jesus. No, the good news kingdom says where you have failed, Jesus has already overcome in your place. Where you cannot resist temptation and continually give in to the evil one, Jesus has perfectly resisted because he knew you wouldn't be able to. He has overcome on your behalf. He has conquered where you have failed. Where you have not moved towards God, he has always perfectly pressed in to the Father. And this is really important because in the next couple of weeks, we're going to be looking at each of these temptations in more detail. We're going to be looking at how specifically Satan was tempting Jesus to doubt God. We're going to see Satan come and say, Jesus, you're hungry. Wouldn't God want you to have food? Seems like a pretty normal thing. Jesus, you need protection from God. If you threw yourself off of this temple, wouldn't God protect you? Seems like he would if he really is good, if you really are God's son. We're going to see Satan say to Jesus, Jesus, you're, you're the Messiah. You're going to inherit all of this kingdom. But the Father's going to make you go to the cross. If you just bow down to me, you can be the king right now. You can have all this right now. Just trust in me and I will show you real good. And as you can already imagine, we're going to be looking next week at how Satan often brings those exact same temptations to us. We're going to see that throughout all these temptations, Satan is tempting Jesus to doubt that the Father is actually good and has his good in mind. And so we see, to wrap this up, Redemption Church, that if we, we have a Messiah who has come for us, who has actually conquered in our place, not because he needed to, but because we needed him to do this. We needed his love to bring us into the kingdom. This Messiah who has conquered on our behalf, who has resisted the evil one, he's for us. He's for you. He was willing to overcome temptation on your behalf, on my behalf, so then we can learn how to overcome temptation. So this morning, today, we can joyfully yet humbly recognize together as Jesus' people, Jesus, we need you. Jesus, I need you. I need your life on behalf of my life. Jesus, where I have often failed and doubted God's goodness, you haven't failed. And now I'm found in you. Which is amazing because since we don't have to earn that approval, we can actually know, we can live as Jesus' people, as humble yet joyful and even imaginative disciples in the kingdom of God. So let's close in prayer and then we're going to have some discussion questions for you guys. Jesus, we do thank you that as the one who went into the wilderness on our behalf, that you are our true substitute. You are the one who has acted in perfect faithfulness to God so that as we often wrestle with our own lack of faithfulness, we see the power of your life on our behalf. So even now as we go to discuss 
some questions together. I pray for humility for us. I pray for insight into your word. And Jesus, that you, by your spirit, would continually be reminding us and showing us who we are so then we can learn how to resist temptation. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for watching. Have a great rest of your day.